This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. Wherever you're watching, however you're watching, great to have you with us. If you're listening after on Podbean or any of the podcasting apps, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, welcome to a Northern Irish chat. It's great to have David Vance back with us once again. And David and I will be in the same place at the same time, which is very rare, but we will be in the beautiful setting of Derby. Yeah. Uh, we will be at Comcast, which is... Uh, the 20, what are the dates? The tw- uh, In two weeks, two weeks yeah. today, basically. That weekend on the Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So two weeks today, David and I will be there at Comcast. Uh, we have posted it at Hearts of Oak. David has posted it. So do make sure and look there. It will be a, a great venue. Uh, even if no one else was there, Mr. David Vance will be there. But as will many others. You know, right said Fred and Matt Hoy and... Uh, Kitty Hopkins and Gareth Gareth Ike's going to be there. Ike. Gareth Ike will be there. Um, Abby, Abby Roberts will be there. Abby, yeah, um, great comedians. Uh, yeah, yeah, it should be a real good weekend of fun. I think there's probably a link that people can go if you want to go and get tickets and get to see us live. Then this is your opportunity to do it. A, a weekend of uh, podcasting mayhem, mayhem and comedy. Uh, and so uh, I, I'll not be delivering the comedy, Peter. I, I hope to, the laughter will stop when I start, but then it'll start up again when I'm finished. So anyway, please, if you, if you want to come along, yeah, please come along and see us all. As Peter says, there's great people there. And so me. David, David will be giving a serious presentation. So please do come along and you can sit and yep. laugh on the back seats and put them yes. off. I'd recommend <laughs> yep. that. Anyway, we've got a lot to talk about all around the world, and we'll start with uh, we'll start with David's favourite place in the world, and that is Ukraine. And here we have Ukraine, and this is the shocking story that the Ukrainians, having come here from uh, war ravaged Ukraine, actually came to Scotland, and here a Ukrainian refugee returned home to Kiev for medical treatment because of the record waiting times in Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon has been told. And that's Nicola Sturgeon looking very angry at hearing the truth because she doesn't like the truth. Uh, but it, this is, uh, David, I don't know if you've thought of, of getting a flight. You could sort out direct flights from Belfast to Ukraine for medical treatment. Yeah, well, I mean, it would be better than the NHS, that's for sure. Uh, and, and, and who can blame this poor Ukrainian refugee? Have, I mean, going to Scot- uh, Sturgeon... The Sturgeonite Kingdom of Scotland is bad enough, but then having to try and enter the NHS in Scotland, which seems to be an even bigger mess, Peter, than in England uh, or, or maybe Wales. So, yes, the, uh, the, the NHS in, in Scotland is so bad that Ukrainian war refugees are legging it back to downtown Kiev to get their treatment rather than risk going into a Scottish NHS hospital. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, the irony, we said before we came on our, some of these stories, you, you could not make them up. You know, you really couldn't. Um, but it, it seems this appears to be a genuine story. And, and what does that say about the state of the health service in Scotland? 
What does it say about what's going on exactly in Ukraine as well? I mean, you know, I don't, uh, I, I'm not sure that people, you know, fleeing Germany in World War II went back to top up on their dental cavity treatments and stuff. I don't remember those stories in the history books, but apparently in 2023, 2020, uh, that, that's, yeah, super duper normal. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, you know, you can read the story different ways. I think it's a damnation of the NHS in Scotland under Sturgeon. I think it's that. And I think it raises a lot of questions about some of these war refugees who are living the fine life on uh, benefits or whatever in the UK, but are able to uh, go back to Ukraine for medical treatment. Surreal, Peter. Well, I, th I think it, it's an indictment that the whenever an artillery shell coming crashing into your house is better than a Glasgow A&E department. Yeah, yeah. Well, would you notice the difference? I mean, I, I mean I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the, the NHS or hospitals are tough. They're a tough lot in Scotland, you know. Uh, uh, hypersonic missiles bouncing <laughs> off the ceiling is, is no surprise if you've been in, you know, govern NH, NHS. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Stranger, uh, strange truth is stranger than fiction. It, it is. It really is. Um, we're going to go over to Northern Ireland. Uh, a program can put that up, and the headline is that Stormer urges Sunak to use Good Friday Agreement to solve Brexit crisis. Um, it's uh, whenever Labour are giving the government it's not a conservative i i must i will never call them conservative party they are a tory party let's just call them that because they're mm. not conservative but the northern Ireland protocol they're a stormer urging sunak uh, to use a good friday agreement to solve the brexit crisis uh it's it's quite worrying whenever um the the labor party are uh, giving advice to a so-called conservative government well, as you say, they're not a conservative government. They're a globalist uh, uh, little uh, little kind of uh, sub-office, really, as far as I can see, Peter. But but yes, now, this is an interesting story because, as I've said, I believe the significance here, Peter, it's not just to Northern Ireland. It's actually to the whole of the United Kingdom because I believe the there's a nefarious agenda in place here, and that is you're going to use... Northern Ireland was left when Boris gave it, delivered Brexit, which he didn't do. He left Northern Ireland in, this, in the EU single market yeah. and subject to the European Court of Justice, right? That was done, in my opinion, deliberately because then, so a part of the UK has never left, right? And that created there for this barrier up the Irish Sea. It's uh, created the Northern Ireland Protocol. And because of that, the DUP, in my opinion, rightly have said, well, we're not going to be in a government that treats Northern Ireland as if it's not part of the UK. So, so the story moves on. I believe that uh, Starmer, the good little trilateral EU member, uh, and, and Sunak, I, there's nothing between them in this. They want the UK as a whole back into some hybrid e single market, EU single market. They want to undo Brexit. And, and the way they're going to try and package it, as I think, is, look, this will bring peace, this will bring back Stormont and it's going to solve the DUP's problems because the whole of the UK is going to be in this EU single market or subject to it. 
and that's what we voted against in 2016. So this, to me, this is this is like it's, it really is nefarious. This, and they're dressing it up under oh, it's what is it, 30 years of for since the uh, atrocious uh, uh, Belfast Agreement or whatever yep. date it was. Oh, so we got to do that, and uh, I see Biden piling in. So they're trying to manipulate things ahead of Good Friday this year to push the UK as a whole, not just Northern Ireland, back back Peter into the EU and we voted out but the parliament never as you know you well know parliament never voted out it was the British people that voted out and they resent us for that and I think this is a reversal of the 2016 Brexit vote and Stormer's just you know he's just playing his role just playing his role just like Sunak's play instead of turning around and saying look we've we the way to solve the Northern Ireland Protocol you have a bar there is a border it's at the, the Irish border that's it and, and the UK as a constitutional, uh, you know, unitary state. But because we've got gutless Europhile politicians, they don't want that. So that's the story behind that. And of course, of course, politicians like telling us what's right and what's wrong and what is true. And of course, Brexit is a great example that the stupid people voted the wrong way. Um, yeah. And that's why all the talk is of, of going back in again, certainly from some Labour circles. Um, well, but, well, well, Conservative too. Yeah, yeah. That they lack the guts to be on. I mean, Labour clearly hate the idea of a sovereign Britain. I mean, yeah. But but so do most of the Tories. They just yeah, don't yeah. say it out and out. So I, I just find them equally, you know, they're both contemptible to me. Exactly. Well, let's jump over and start on our COVID three or four stories. And this was quite intriguing, quite uh, groundbreaking, a breakthrough. Uh, and this is a doctor, Dr. Asim Malhotra, being interviewed on BBC and taking the time to say that some of the cardiac issue deaths that he's seen, he is attributing to mRNA, which what you're saying, David, what I'm saying, what uh, many of the scientists are saying. But it was interesting that he was given this time. They didn't shut him down. And, of course, the media have gone into overdrive of, of sheer panic. Um, this is now up to 5 million views. And, of course, the BBC weren't expecting that. But yeah. what are your thoughts? Because I, I think for Malhotra, I mean, if people take a long time to get it, I don't mind as long as they get it and understand what's happening. And if people are late to the party, that's, to me, that's fine. It's it's better late than never. Yeah, yeah, Peter. That's you make a really important point. You know, obviously, some of us, some of us saw through this from the beginning, yeah. and 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 that's and, and and you know that's good. There are other people who have come to the party as we've travelled along the last couple of years, and I think it's really important that we are not such purists that we drive these people away by saying, "Oh, well, where were you when we were being subjected to blah blah blah?" Yeah. We shouldn't do that. We should be big enough to say. Uh, and I totally welcome everything he said, by the way. And I welcome things that other people are saying as well. I, I get the frustration some people on our side say well where were you back in you know the summer of 21 or the winter of 21 i get all that but but for all that the, the point is that the battle we face 
is a battle for the normie audience, yeah. if you know. And I'm not saying the people watching this are <laughs> you're not normal. Yeah, I mean, you are normal, totally normal. They're super normal. They're super normal. <laughs> but the, the, the sort of the people who just wander around and they kind of believe the messages that TV gives them, uh, the newspapers give them. Now they're getting in the, in this instance, Peter, and you're seeing a bit more of it elsewhere as well. More and more of these uh, awakenings, as I would see them. So, so I I think it's good. And uh, and actually, I mean, what 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 he said was was actually quite mild because he said things like, you know, there there could be. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we're talking about Andrew Bridgen as well, but but all yeah. he said was there there could be a, a, a relationship, which is is very mild. I mean, really mild. But but then here's here's the other thing, and I'll ask you this one: the BBC must have known what he was going to say because he's been saying it. So why did they allow him on? That's true, and that is how you're thinking, because who was it that um, put it up? Probably James Dellingpole said, this is just the play out of it all being exposed and slowly telling us, well, this is what's happened, and then slowly telling us that, well, you weren't forced to take it, it was your own, and all that playing. Um, that could be true, but I, I can... We don't know that. We're we're assuming we're watching this game play out and we are very much bystanders watching what's happening, but we are not privy to those close conversations. No, absolutely right. And I mean, James may well be right and he's been right on a lot of stuff. Yep. And I've got huge respect for James Dellingpole, uh, whose brother we will be seeing in two weeks' time. Well, Dick will uh, be there. Dick Dellingpole will be at <laughs> yes. the event as well. That's another one. Ding. But but look, the, the thing is that I don't even I don't even care as long as this information's getting out there yeah. and a normal type people normies are suddenly hearing you know eminent doctors uh, cardiologists uh, uh, and such like beginning to express genuine concerns then 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 that's good and and, and I do feel that Peter I don't know about you I feel the dam is beginning to break uh, I think. They've held it down as long as they can, uh, but but some of us have been battering away at it for a long time. But it takes the likes of this chap yeah. uh, to come along, and and others, uh, I think, and and they will help. I think ordinary people uh, 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 understand. Uh, j- just as a plug, and it's it's kind of related. On on my own stream on Monday evening at eight p.m., I've got a, 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 an eminent uh, surgeon. Uh, Dr. Ahmed Malik, who will mm. be on with me. And, and he is also, in a very sensible fashion, yeah. um, talking about these issues. You know, uh, the essence of a f- healthy society is we should be able to talk and question and query. That's all we're doing. Um, it shows you the, how unhealthy society is when people are deplatformed and, you know, uh, given all kinds of abuse and whatnot uh, for doing that. So, so I welcome all of this. Completely. Let me just pull in one or two. I didn't look in the comments on Getter. Apologies for that. Northern Monkey was first in evening, guys. Ready to rock. Lee David Sainsbury's. Good evening, Peter and David. You're two of my favourites. Lee, you're too kind. Uh, Bites, Oi Oi Lads. Two of my favourite streamers. Villain82, evening chaps. Lee53. Lee from Cali, tuning in on Getter. Uh, Who else? Sue Just 40 evening from Liverpool. Uh, Squid 55. Um, David, what's going on with the Klaus Schwab jumper? <laughs> um, for you, my friend. I can do my Klaus Schwab impersonation. <laughs> uh, eat the bugs. Eat the bugs. 
You should keep that to the... No, no, David will do more of that. He'll do a whole Klaus Schwab stint, I promise you. <laughs> Buy your ticket to see him. Uh, there are lots of other comments down there. Uh, D2757, evening, Peter and David. Leslie B, evening. Uh, Week as. Uh, lot, let, let us know. It's always good to see how, where you're watching, so do drop that in uh, and let us know. But yeah. continuing on the COVID, and I warn you, be very careful because just a little to the right, to the left. There you go. Don't do it because this super fit Missouri dad of 35, he suffers three strokes, not just one, two, but three after turning his head too quickly. Um, This is a new one, David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we, we've got to be very static when we're doing this here we, because our lives are at risk if we even start to go. If even I, I mean, this is the incredible garbage that the media is putting out there, and and this is the thing. I think as 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 this as as the the damage associated with these experimental gene therapies starts to uh, as it becomes unstoppable. I mean, it's everywhere. The, their excuses are more and more ridiculous. And in this case, yes, moving your head from side to side uh, is likely to give you a stroke. I mean, yeah, but, but I mean, we've heard all kinds of other silly things as well, you know. Uh, uh, so at this point, they will say everything and anything. But there's a huge elephant standing in the middle of this room. And you know what it is. And all the people watching and listening know what it is. And it's the vaccine. And they will not talk about it. They're trying not to talk about it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's unavoidable. And I think that's what's beginning to come out because as these excuses become more and more silly, I think most people look at that and laugh and say, hang on a second. Yeah. You know, it's a, bit like, it's a bit like, you know, all these sports injuries and deaths that we're saying. I mean, Matt Letizia makes some really good, great points about that. And I mean, and, you know, th- th- this is all without, it's unprecedented. That's the truth of the matter. And uh, in their desperation to cover it up, you know, they're blaming, blaming it on climate change, blame, blame it on my white supremacy, blame it on, uh, blame it on the boogie, uh, if you want. Just don't blame it on the uh, injections. So, yeah, uh, a truly stupid story. Exactly. Well, let's, uh, we have Hollywood and if Pro Jam can bring up, sorry, I think I, sh- I moved that down, the Ashton Kutcher uh, story. <laughs> and th- this is, uh, yes. sorry, I think I think I took it down. Uh, you can stick it up again to Twitter. Uh, this is what is, uh, many of the Hollywood stars come out and they seem to have medical issues. And of course, yeah. none of them know. And Ashton Kutcher is is one of those who's come up. But yet yeah, we're seeing this more and more with many of these individuals. Yeah, I mean, look, look, this is why some of it, that's why we were warning people back uh, at the end of 2020 when these experimental therapies were being rolled out. So all some of us said was, well, look, hang on a second. You really need to know what the medium to long term consequences of these things are. And, and I mean, time ultimately is your friend because it comes, it, it proves whether you're right or wrong. And so I put up that little how it started, how it ended. So here was, uh, here he was, uh, um, uh, get, you know, getting his life saving, the elixir of eternal youth injection. Yeah. And now look, look at the mess that he's, and I take, by the way, I take no pleasure from this at all. It's awful to see these people um, injured. But they did it to themselves, honestly. Peter, you know. But to, to, to Pro Jam, can you just double click on that and bring that up so it's 
uh, full screen uh, picture. Yeah. There you go, Sue. You can There's see Ashton. now yeah. loss vision, hearing, ability to walk with rare autoimmune diagnosis. Rare. Rare. Again, rare. all these things are rare and then they're happening much all the time. less rarely. Yeah, yeah. I think the correct word is ubiquitous, not <laughs> rare. And, 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 and it's laughable, you know. And that's why I have such contempt for mainstream journalists that they can trot this kind of nonsense out and... Uh, you know, it's, it's, there's so many. I mean, it's, it's kind of, we're being almost overwhelmed now by, by, by all these, um, you know, these airlisters who were all brought in. And evidently, I mean, I know some people put up a theory that are they actually getting the, you know, the full mRNA treatment or is it saline and whatnot? I think some of them got the full mRNA treatment because you don't, you know, have all those disabilities that Ashton Kutcher has unless something seriously went wrong. And of course, when they talk about rare autoimmune, the thing that they leave out is that, of course, that uh, it's it's our immune system, uh, which a spike protein in particular impacts in. So straight out lying, straight out deflecting, doesn't do anything for his health, unfortunately, but. Honestly, people have to live with the consequences of their decision-making, Peter, which might sound harsh, and I don't mean to be uncaring, but, but if, if you subject yourself to, especially job after job after job, if those who are on their fourth job, I'm sorry, you're lost. You're lost, I mean, I think, because it's like Russian roulette. I pulled the trigger once, got away with it. How many more times can I pull the yeah. trigger before my head's taken off? And, and that's, I think, where a lot of these people are. But to be fair to them, to be fair, final word in on this one, they listen to the politicians. They listen to the health experts. They, they listen to the punditry. Um, you know, so that's a good reason not to listen to the, estab the establishment on anything. No, it is. Now, some people will take the line that all these people they've got sailing jabs none of them have got uh, i don't think it's th i think there may be some but i think that many of them have been sucked in and they because the the bubble they live in you know david we we talk to certain people and they live in maybe a certain bubble and all they hear is that they don't seem to be able to access information outside that and they believe yeah. the lie and i think many in hollywood will be the same and they've been foolish enough to get jab jab jabbed with this experimental job well well yeah and 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 even still i think again because we, we kind of live in a similar world peter but and we probably hear similar noise in the background but yeah. one of the things i've noticed is if you for example on social media and and probably more so on twitter than getter because there's more pro-vax lobby still on Twitter. And it's yeah. quite remarkable when you listen to the sort of stuff that the pro-vaxxers on Twitter, uh, and whether they are legit people or whether they're, you know, they're, they're 77 brigaders or whatever, but, but they still are 100% pushing the narrative, you know. The only way to stay safe, take your job, stay safe. And when you put up stories like that, they just do a headstand and say, well, all the more reason to take another job, you know. So um, some people can't be helped uh, because um, they're their own worst enemy. And there it is. Yeah. Now, on to, a, we've talked about Malhotra, who has seen the yes. light and is a hero. Let, let's talk about another one. And it's difficult to find heroes in the Tory party. And this is one, Andrew Bridgen. He has spoken up and he gave this, beautiful tweet which i thought was a very good tweet and 
accurate. As one consultant, cardiologist, said to me, this is the biggest crime against humanity since the Holocaust. And all hell is broken loose. Uh, Fill us in on the story if the viewers haven't already seen this. Well, well, the best bit about this is the consultant cardiologist, which Andrew Bridgen was, was quoting, was an Israeli Jew. Yeah. So, right. So, so I'd like to understand. So, how is an Israeli Jew um, anti Semitic? No, no. Andrew Bridgen, to be fair to Andrew, again, he's been on a bit of a journey, but I yeah. think he's pretty much got there and he is fully aware and asking the right questions. And um, in, this, as in the slide you've got up on screen there, uh, 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 Peter, you, you can see that it details uh, you know, very clearly uh, some of the, uh, the, 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 the data-driven uh, adverse reactions uh, and what they are. And they're all, they're all very serious. Projam, can you double click on that and bring that up? And we can have the larger. I think the tweet comes up larger. It doesn't actually come up. But yeah, it's it's there. And and if there if there any level of increase, but there are large levels of increase, and it seems to be uh, again there there was a what a conservative councillor who's lost the whip because he because he supported this. Yeah, 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 absolutely. The Conservative Party are petrified, yeah. and that's why they're making an example of Andrew Bridgen. That's why he's lost the party whip. That's why he will be deselected. His political career as a Conservative is over um, because he spoke the truth. Now, that tells you, as we talked about that party earlier, Peter, and I have a, share, a similar view of them, you know. Um, the, the, the thing is that they're all, they're all, you see, they're all, they all stand indicted. Uh, yeah. Not just Boris, but uh, Rishi and all the gang. Obviously, Han, you know, Medazel and Matt Hancock, and uh, you know, uh, Zahawi and uh, Sajid and all the rest of them. All those, their, their fingerprints are all over this one. So they can't afford for this to, the truth to come out. So that's why what they did is they conjured up this fake narrative, anti-Semitism, uh, Holocaust, and they've used that language to demonize. Uh, Andrew Bridgen. And as I say, the guy that he referenced was Jewish. Yeah. So, and, and, and so I, I remember I pointed out, I'm sure you said at the time as well, that Andrew Bridgen didn't say this, uh, that, that, that this was the worst crime. He quoted someone who yeah. said that. Uh, and also the key word in that is, uh, I don't know, again, if you're able to bring up the original tweet, Peter, but there's one important word in the original tweet, which the Tory party and the British media have pretty much ignored and that is i don't know if you can get it but it he, he does say in in, in, the, in the controversial tweet uh since since the holocaust so he's not saying that this is the same as the holocaust a five-year-old could understand that but not 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 the uh not the british media because they're because they're obviously bought and paid for by you know by the uh, the, the law the establishment. So so the the, the, the I mean it's a real um, pathetic spectacle to see what they're doing in Andrew Bridgen. But but I salute Andrew 100% behind everything he said. Uh, again, rather like what we talked about earlier, he's been he he he's been quite mild about it, moderate and, and restrained in his language. Uh, because, again, when he went to the original subcommittee in the Commons and talked about this, he, he was speaking on behalf of his constituents, some of whom had been um, had vaccine damage. 
And I would suggest, Peter, of the 650 MPs in Parliament, the fact that, I mean, I don't think it's just Andrew Bridgen's constituency where there are people with vaccine damage. So my question is, what about the other 649? Do you not, do you not care about your constituents, some of whom have had life-changing uh, injury, some of whom have died, uh, potentially linked directly to this uh, treatment? Do you not care? Or who are you serving exactly? Those would be my questions. Okay, completely. Let me just, uh, let me bring, you can just make sure people do see that again. Um, because it was, it was right. an innocuous, you know, some people have said he, he was a hostile, listen, while you're, while you're trying to bring, yeah, look, there's the word, Peter, since everybody, look at the word. As one consultant said to me, this is the biggest crime against humanity, since the Holocaust, since so he's not in any, the, the consultant cardiologist wasn't comparing it to the Holocaust. He's simply pointing out that in terms of the times in which we live, this is a pretty atrocious crime. That's what the consultant cardiologist was saying. But the, 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 uh, the Sunak uh, lobby, they seized on that and they played the Holocaust card. And now some people have said Bridgen was a bit foolish in using the word Holocaust. And, and that's very easy to say, but he didn't. It was a consultant yeah. that he spoke to. And should he not? Should he have left that out? Should in other words, should he not quote a Jewish uh, cardiac car, cardiologist? Should, should he not do that? Because there'd be a name for that, wouldn't there? If he didn't yeah. choose to, to, to quote. So yeah. So anyway, I, I mean, I wish Andrew Bridgen the very best. I, I assume he will be deselected. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah. No, just on. I saw a little piece. I, it's it's weird, and every time I get the tube, I never pick up a paper, but this time I picked up an Evening Standard, which is quite strange, because usually I just put my headphones on and listen to something. But yeah. I picked it up, and in that had a little piece about this, and Reclaim had posted something very positive. Reform were completely silent. They said, no, it, uh, they basically were not even commenting on this. And it was you kind of think that there may be more establishment in that. And I would thought, well, surely you believe in freedom and all of this. But it was interesting, the response from different quarters and frustrating that uh, that Re Reclaim with Laws was happy to jump in and back him, but you had silence from Tyson Reform. Um, oh, imagine my surprise at that there. <laughs> the, Ju the, the Judas Goat Party. I'm afraid. I know I'm not winning friends and influencing people with this one. And I, and you see, look, look, people are desperate to have a, a political party that represents them, that they can trust, Peter. And we've talked about this, you know, and I fully understand that. Um, but I've, I'm afraid I don't think that the, um, the reform party is going to be that party. It doesn't matter that they're 8 or 9% allegedly in the polls. It doesn't matter. If they can't speak up on issues like this, what are they good for? And as far as I can recall, I seem to remember Mr. Nigel Farage, very, very supportive of the rollout of these experimental gene mm -hmm. therapies. I, I remember that as well. So, you know, on some issues, Nigel's fine. Uh, um, I don't think on any issues, Richard Tice is fine. And by the way, I mean, being back on Twitter, it's interesting to see who continues to block me. Hello, Richard Tice. Why are you so cowardly? Why are you so afraid to allow me to engage with you, Richard Tice? But anyway, uh, yeah, they had nothing to say about it. So uh, Judas Goats, I'm afraid. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's carry this was Veer's data for children because there's nothing else I can add to that. And I agree with David. So 
moving on <coughs> to this, which is looking at uh, the VIRS data, and this is uh, looking at six months yeah. to 17 years. Oh. And uh, over that, uh, what was the, the period? It was up to 30th of December. December. Yeah, December. Yeah. 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 Um, and again, these figures are hugely concerning. And again, there's 179 deaths, and those who are following the establishment line will say only 179 were kind of, well, if it was your child, but then look at the injuries. Uh, and yeah, again, yeah, you would yeah. think, as Andrew Bridgen has said, we need to pause this immediately and ask coverage. But no, you've got doctors. Let's jab as many children as possible and see if we can get yeah. that death rate higher. Well, yeah, th this is the thing that distresses me the most, because this is the youngest age group. This, mm. as you say, uh, uh, Peter, it's from kids, um, you know, six six months. Imagine uh, any, you know, moms and dads watching this. Um, imagine having your six-month-old baby with Bell's palsy or myocarditis. I mean, that is totally life-changing and, and 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 so it horrifies me this data it absolutely horrifies me and yet you had joe biden the other day saying go out and take if your kids from six months on go out and make sure they get their booster so essentially this the, the this age group and that's just from the states obviously theirs but i mean yeah. i'm no, no doubt the uk yellow card if it was in any way honest would pick up similar stuff and um, all every one of these little uh, young kids from little babies to teenagers, they're having their lives change forever. Like, as you say, there, there may be 179 deaths, but look at that, 1,400 plus myocarditis. Myocarditis, is that's lifelong damage to the heart. Mm. So, so these kids, even if they're teenagers, Peter, they're going to they're gonna be incapacitated to a degree for the rest of their life, and they may die prematurely. And get this, for a disease from which mathematically there's almost no risk, so yep. it's not as if, you know, oh, yeah, but if they hadn't got the jabs, they might have, you know, they might have died. No, because we know what the risk is. The risk on average for this age group is, you know, I mean, it's like not point, not, not. It's, it's, yep. it's, 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 it's tiny. There's a greater chance than them being hit by lightning. Um, so so it, 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 it does annoy me, this, because I just see this is like Moloch worship. This is the sacrifice of young people, yep. including babies. And uh, yeah, it's just awful. And and yet, where's the media talking about this, Peter? Where are the BBC, Sky, Daily Mail? Where are they? Nowhere to be seen. Nowhere. Silence. Silence. You know, the silence of the lambs as the lambs are sacrificed. Horrific. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's leave COVID in our rear right. view mirror. Right. And uh, one thing the Daily Mail have taken up is, and this one is complaining about the BBC, and the complaint oh. is that the BBC allows Shamima Begum to give her full account of what really happened when she joined ISIS in a 10-part podcast. I'm uh, What what led them to think they could commission this? I assume she's been paid, but even if she's not, uh, it, this she shouldn't have any right to speak and to talk about what she's done. Simply, she should be removed from her ability to, to speak to the public like this. It's it's frightening, and people may see her lifestyle and think, well, that was interesting. Maybe I should try that. 
Well, yeah, well, there's several things wrong with this. First of all, this is being funded by the British people due to the mandatory uh, license tax that yep. the BBC impose on us. So this is the BBC enabling a jihadi bride to put her side of the story. Now, if, if Shamima Begum wants to make her own podcast, then fine. Uh, that's, that's, uh, I don't care. But I desperately object to the British Broadcasting Corporation taking the 3.8 billion or so it take, collects per annum from TV owners and then ena enabling her with this, Peter. That, that, I mean, your point is right. It's, it's totally abhorrent. But but the BBC but the BBC don't say it like that. You see, yeah. I the BBC they want Shamima back on 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 blight and on in blighty. They want her back in British soil. At the end of the day, I mean, it was the easiest mistake anyone could make to run away and join a bunch of head chopper offers and be an enforcer within their uh, their death camps. Oh yeah, it happens all the time, doesn't it? And in the warped mind of the BBC, I think they see her as a victim. I don't. I see her as a victim maker. I yeah. think, you know, I, I'm sorry. She should never, ever be allowed back in this country. That's my view. But BBC obviously feel differently. Maybe maybe they would care to give you or myself a 10-part podcast so we could put our views on these matters to them. I don't think so, or the day hell freezes over. Anyway. Yeah. I was thinking they could give Tommy one, but anyway, that's yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, well, that's right. Why that's, not? Why not? Exactly. Is, is, yeah. yeah, that's a very good point. Why is Tommy Robinson persona non gratia with the BBC, yeah. but Shamima Begum is, and that speaks to the moral, the black moral heart of the BBC. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's move on to LGBT issues. Uh, this is. Of course, there are massive issues up in Scotland where yeah. you can now sell, children can now sell, I think it's 16 and over, yeah. uh, after three months of declaring. So, um, yeah, David could be Davina after three months. And uh, this is Rishi Sunak has concerns well, about the you impact could, of gender forms. Yeah, you could be Petra. You know, but by mid by mid year, I could be doing this with uh, Petra and Michael Vanna. Um, yeah, I mean, this is um, well, this is the law of unintended consequences, or maybe something worse. I've always opposed devolution. I, I, I disagree profoundly with devolution because we need fewer politicians and we need to give them fewer powers not more powers so as we know peter uh, up in scotland um, sturgeon and her gang uh pushed through the gender recognition act which is is, is essentially lunatic so someone can uh, arbitrarily at the uh, at a whim change their gender apply to have their gender changed within three months from age 16 and upwards and then there's a further three months of relic of, of reflection at that point they are now legally a different gender yep. to that which they were born now that's fine well it's not fine at all because it's insane but but that's that that legal documentation applies in scotland yep. but we live in the united kingdom and therefore there's england wales and northern ireland so the question for rishi sunak is do you override? Do you step in and strike down this uh, legislation that the, the Scottish Assembly, which calls itself a Parliament, has put has put in place? Do you strike that down, or because if you don't, what happens then if someone who's changed gender in Scottish terms and lawfully comes to England? 
Yeah. Uh, what will happen? Oh, so have they to be recognized? What if they're not recognized? What's the legal consequence of that? What if someone who is a bloke who's changed their gender the Scottish way uh, decides to go to an English all-girls uh, school? Or if they want to be in an all-female ward in an NHS hospital in England or Wales or North? What, what happens in those scenarios? What happens to women? So, so the SNP have sold out women in Scotland, which uh, is it just isn't it? It's horrible. Um, but but now the, 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 the what happens for the rest of the UK? Sunak, I was gonna. I mean, Sunak, if he had the necessary sphericals, I'll put it that way. If, if he was polite, a conservative, yeah. If he, he would clearly <laughs> say, no, 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 we're not having this. I'm sorry, yeah. this is a bridge too far. But I don't know that he's, he 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 will do that. But if he doesn't then I'm afraid the, the legalities of this are going to bite, bite everybody come mid-year because there'll be lots of now people who are in the process of transitioning, mostly males, I think almost overwhelmingly males, wanting to be women. And in uh, 26 weeks' time, they're legally well in Scotland. And, and the, also, the other thing about this is, does this then mean there will be gender tourism? So mm. will somewhat disturbed individuals in England, Scotland, England, Wales and Northern Ireland, well, they decide, right, we're going up to Scotland to get one of the uh, gender recognition certs so we can be a different gender to that which we biologically are, do you know? And uh, and how's that going to work then? And will those things be legally uh, recognised? It's going to be a mess. Sturgeon is causing chaos, but we know that's what the SNP role is, uh, a, a proper conservative government with decency and morality would strike this down. Will Sunak? I don't know. I doubt it. No, and uh, Gretna Green could have a whole new uh, <laughs> yeah. part of tourism, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, big tourism opportunity in Gretna. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, is, it is frightening that there is absolutely little response from the Conservatives and he could just come out. I mean, it'd be a vote winner to come out of this and say, this is nonsense. Of course, this isn't going to pass. And yet, it seems as though he doesn't want to do things that are vote winners. That's the weird thing to what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Every, everything he's doing is leading to what will be a monumental defeat at the polls in, yep. in, in 2024, which, of course, you know, I mean, I just see them as a uni party, so I don't really care. But as you say, everything he's doing is, is vote losers. I mean, it's quite remarkable. As you say, it's remarkable. Yeah. Let's go. We've got, oh, let's see if we can do three minutes of story for our last four. Yep. Uh, however bad it is, at least we're not Germany. And this is, as David says, two biological male semi-finalists for Miss Germany. Yes, they are two misses. Um, it's, uh, and again, it's, it's now the norm. And I guess the German media are probably loving this and thinking how progressive they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ger Germany is such a strange place. I have to say, be being back on Twitter, I get these regular reports from Twitter saying, your tweet has been reported by Germany. Do you get those? By reported by Germany. And most times, to be fair to Twitter, they say, we have not found this to be in breach of German things. But, yeah. but German Germany's like, uh, I don't know, it's another world. Um, as you say, two, two, two biological males in the semi-finals of Miss Germany. So... Uh, but but does it surprise us? Because we have biological males uh, participating in elite sport events, female sport events, and um, they've all got XY chromosomes. You know, I, I said this recently, Peter, and, you know, I think some people did struggle to answer me on it. 
there are, from a, a sort of a, a chromosome point of view, women are XX and us men, we are XY. When people transition, right, do the chromosomes change? Uh, no. So what exactly is transitioning here? And as someone's pointed out very wittily to me, they're transitioning away from reality. And that's the truth. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I don't mean to be hurtful to you people who may be in the process, but you are transiting away from reality. Your chromosomes stay the same, and it's your chromosomes that give you your gender. What you decide to do with it in terms of lop bits off or add bits off, this is material, that stays the same. But, but when you rash, when you kind of do this, like the Germans, um, it's, I, I don't think I'll be tuning in to Miss Germany final. <laughs> Let's put it like that. I think I might give that one a miss. <laughs> well, there's a 50-50 chance of a woman winning it. So I don't know. I would cheer them on. <laughs> but uh, it was, uh, it's a bit of a bummer for all the women there who are beautiful, good-looking women who are yeah. trying to win this. And then a bloke comes and, what it has been a, a woman for what since last year and suddenly trumps the woman it's like a bit of a bit frustrating whenever you've been trying all your life and then a bloke comes up and he overtakes you yeah but that's because this is a war on women the, the, yeah. this is yeah. a substantive point women are being attacked and undermined in every way via yeah. this trans movement and when people like J.K. Rowling, who is a feminist, speaks up, look at look how she's been demonised. Jeremy and Greer as well. When when actual women speak up for women against this trans movement, uh, they're all just, they're instantly you know uh, the, the the mob descend upon them, the hatred is spewed towards them. But all they're basically saying is, look, we just want to be women. But then when you've got the leader of the Labour Party unable to tell us what a woman is or afraid to say what a woman is, I would suggest, then these are the inevitable consequences. Yeah. Let's move on to, again, once again, the silence in the uh, pretend Conservative Party. And this is Steve Baker. These are people who actually have done good in the past and seem to have lost all sense of reality. And he is part of his New Year resolutions. He pledges to be an ally to the LGBT community. We must blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then Tom Horwood's quote was, good to see, Steve. Every sovereign individual deserves the opportunity to live their life in the way they wish to. Yeah. No, it's make-believe. I, I, I wonder what triggered Tom. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, this, this one did stand out for me, Peter, because because Steve Baker has in the past, particularly on matters Brexit, he, he, he was reasonably good in that. You know, he, he did do and say some, yeah. some yeah. good things. Um, but now, of course, as you know, he's got himself into government. He's in the Northern Ireland uh, ex- uh, executive office uh, here. So over here, he's got a position. Um, and, and I presume this is the uh, the price that is asked off him. You know, you've got to support these things. There was, um, I think it was the ONS study came out there a week or so ago saying yeah. that something like, Ryan, or, uh, it was from the census, yeah, saying that roughly um, like, Two percent, two and a half percent, whatever it was, uh, identified as being LGB. I think. I think the T was not 0.2 percent, but two okay, percent. Yeah, yeah. So, so look, my view on this has always been the same. I, I, I'm not going to judge anyone on by their sexual preference. Not my concern. I'm not interested, right? But, but to to Steve Baker, what about the 98 yeah. percent? what about the what about them? Are you going to be an ally to them? 
and, 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 and why do you decide to prioritize in this way? It's very, it's very, very strange, Peter. And I do think, uh, uh, you know, as far as I know, Steve Baker, he represents um, the area, uh, High Wickham and around Wickham, there. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Wickham. Uh, and I lived very close to that area, uh, to there. So I know a little bit about the history of it as well. There's a place, um, th there was a thing called, famously, it's still there, you can visit it, the, the Hellfire Club. The Hellfire Club. Google that, uh, West Wickham. And this was a, a kind of a, a very uh, dodgy uh, setup, let's put it like that, that operated about 100, 100 years ago, whatever it was. All kinds of dodgy stuff going on there. But I guess the, the, the thing was there that people were, in order to get into power and be part of the establishment back then, they, they were prepared to sacrifice just about everything and anything. And all I would say to you is, what's changed? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Let's leave that. Let's two last stories. One on Davos, and I'm surprised, David, you're not over there reporting. I know. I thought I thought you would have got a pass, but five thousand Swiss troops will provide security to the WEF Davos Forum, and it is. It's a whole other one to look at. Those who are going, I know a lot yeah. of people have tweeted, but five, I I didn't know Switzerland had five thousand troops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really the big story on this one. Who are these five thousand Swiss troops? I don't know. It's uh, it's it's it, that that's weird. But it's an army, isn't it? Um, who are they protecting <clears throat> the WEF from exactly? I'd like to know. That's the other thing in this one. But uh, yeah, that that was a, a remarkable stat, and uh, well, you know, I, I hope it's accurate. But but certainly, there's a lot of security for Klaus and the gang. And uh, I don't understand why, because obviously, I mean, they're just trying to help humanity along. Everyone loves them, I guess. So why would you need an army to protect? I wonder why you would need an army to protect you. I mean, when we go to Derby in a couple of weeks, Peter, we won't, we, uh, well, hopefully we won't need an army to protect <laughs> us. <laughs> uh, but uh, but apparently Klaus Schwab and the gang do. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, having said that, the Swiss are the most armed population in Europe, don't know if you know that, but the Swiss ownership, I mean, just about everybody in Switzerland uh, has got guns in their garage. They're oh. heavily armed. Yeah, uh, uh, over the years, and I've got to know a lot of Swiss folks, and uh, check it up, everyone double, fact check me on this one. The Swiss are the most armed per capita population in, in Europe. So even though you think they're sitting under a cuckoo clock eating Toblerone, the actual fact they've probably got you know a Kalashnikov, uh, you know, beside them in the on the chair. So they're they're a strange lot over there. I, I do kind of like them, but uh, heavily armed. So maybe maybe that's what the uh, who's Klaus is worried about. <laughs> you tell me. I don't know. Well, I I thought you think it could be because Calvin Robinson is there, which he revealed whenever he was with us the other week, and he's heading over there to film it. So it could actually be my interview with Calvin could have set this off, David. That could well, be the police presence. Well, I'm glad that Calvin's going there. And I also saw that Ezra Levant uh, of Rebel News, I see Ezra's over there as well. Oh, good, good. So, so I am glad that, I mean, honestly, I'd, I'd be very happy if they'd have paid for me to go over. I'd have gone over because I think we need to scrutinize what these yeah. people are doing, ask hard questions of them. Yeah. And, you know, if, if, if it's all innocent, and which it's not, if it was all innocent, then, then it'll stand up to scrutiny. If it's not all innocent, then we need to have people like Calvin and, and Ezra and others uh, exposing it, exposing what they're, what they're all about. Oh, brilliant. 
Our final story is on hate speech legislation, and I'll read the headline and then Projan, yeah. if you can scroll down. So Rishi Sunak facing major Tory rebellion over mm. internet safety law. And if you can scroll, I will not even touch on the UK sending challenger tanks to Ukraine. But yeah, yeah so Rishi Sunak facing a major rebellion. 36 Tory MPs are wanting rid of it? No. They're no. backing a plan to make social media bosses face prison if they fail to protect children from yeah. damaging content online. So you've got the Conservative Party doubling down. Well, th this has been pretty much the theme of all we've talked about for the last hour, isn't it? Mm. The, 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 that, again, you couldn't almost make this up. You see a headline like Tories rebelling against the online hate law or crime yep. law. And you think, oh, good, they're actually real. They've realized this legislation is extraordinarily draconian, a full on assault on free speech, a full on assault on our ability to talk about the things we talk about and potentially criminalizing, if not uh, putting us in prison. But no, 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 no. They, they want to put even more prison people in prison. They want to put the, the Twitter bosses, the getter bosses. They, I mean, it's, 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 it's incredible. And, and I wonder, like, how can this even be within that conservative part? How can they be like this? And, 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 and honestly, Peter, I begin to run out of words because, they, like, they must know the, um, the, or are they so stupid they don't know the, the consequences of the legislation that they're pushing, pushing through Parliament, which Labour's very happy with. They'll not stand up for free speech, and the so-called Conservative Party won't stand up for free speech, and they want to double down and take away our right and the right of... Oh, lots of people watching and you know who listen to this to be able to express opinion because the, as you know and, and 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 there's been lots of detailed analysis of that legislation it's extraordinary it's, it's the most censorious i would have thought outside of chinese communist uh, the communist party in china uh, and yet it's just merrily you know making its way through parliament and then these 30 clowns jump in and say oh no we've got a better idea let's put the social media uh, uh bosses in prison and and they do it all under the pretext of protecting us they're going to protect us you say they're going to stop oh you know you know um you know on unfortunate things like you know child pornography and stuff that's already outlawed you can't do those things we don't need this legislation to crack down on bad people doing bad things but the purpose of this legislation is to shut you up is to shut me up is to shut everyone up who questions the government and there's a word for that and it's certainly not democratic yeah, no, completely. David, thank you for coming on. Uh, look forward to being at the same place at the same time with you in Derby in yes. two weeks. Yes. Uh, and tickets are available, so please have a look at David's social media, my social media, Hearts of Oak, and you'll be able to find the links to that. It looks like it's going to be a, a great weekend if you uh, have the time to be there. If you can buy a ticket, then please do come along. Uh, David and I have certainly talked to the guys organising it and they have put in a lot to an event that does look like a great idea. And I love it when people actually do something. David, you, you know the same. Yeah. People talk about stuff, but actually when people step up and they do something, I think yeah. they deserve a lot of credit and this should be a great evening. I absolutely, completely, Peter. And just to add to that, I mean, the, the, it is a sort of a comedy-themed event. And I think in dark times, humour is a great resource. And it helps us all if we can laugh. It gets rid of stress. 
And if we can laugh at all the right things, which, which we do, which we've done for the past 60 minutes, actually. Uh, and if we can do that, uh, and there's lots of great talent comedians there, like Abby and the rest of them, Alistair and so on. Um, the, the, I think it's just really healthy. So I mean, I just would love it if, if loads of people do go along and, and enjoy the banter and be amongst kindred spirits. And realize, as we've been saying on Hearts of Oak here over the, this whole sort of 2020 on scenario you know there there are many of us we're not isolated we're not yeah, alone yeah. and uh, and this is a chance for us to come i know there's other events happening but this is a good chance for us all to come together and support each other so yeah i look forward to seeing you there as well peter and hopefully i think we'll be able to then put the recordings out so if you can't make it you'll be able to hear parts of it anyway and don't worry i'm sure there'll be subtitles if you don't get david or i so yes well you know what's made when two northern Irish books get together it does yeah, go yeah, uh, change need, the accent so definitely need subtitles yeah i will demand that off the <laughs> um and d just as we finish david mention again your monday guest so yes so so this, this will be an interesting one because really um we we do need uh sensible medical voices who um to speak out and explain things to people in, in ways that they understand so i've got a great guy he's a surgeon he's a scottish guy um and uh you know uh, hopefully uh as i say when he when he's with me um on on on, on monday monday night you'll be able to hear uh, a, a, a voice uh, of, of reason and, and sanity. So, uh, yes, uh, Ahmed, Dr. Ahmed Malik uh, is, is on with me. I think it's maybe the second time he's done anything. And But we're talking about, Peter, how people can be healthy, how we can live good lives, how we don't have to outsource everything to big pharma, and, and just basically... How, how to live better is, is really my theme. And uh, and yes, we can talk about some of the stuff concerning the, the alleged vaccines, but I think it's it's a broader conversation than that. So yeah, hopefully awesome. people will tune in to hear Ahmed on um, Monday night, 8 p.m. with me, if you want. Yep, and here at Hearts of Oak, we have David Corpin join us on Monday to talk about Oxford 15-minute city and how Oxford are putting this experiment out that will not yet let you leave your area your zone uh if you run out of your 100 chances in the year unless you pay your 70 pound fine anyway uh dystopian we'll be talking about that let me just uh just to finish off there are a lot genie girl says looking forward uh to listening on monday uh texan 66 thanks all enjoyed the convo um and invite us all to texas uh malibites catch you again later jody stefan thank you peter and david uh, Jeannie Girl, excellent as usual. Stu, thanks, Peter and David. Uh, and it goes on. So thank you so much for watching. Can't pull them all in. And if I could just leave us with one uh, image, it can always get worse. And it could be this bad. Here is Harry Styles. So obviously he's got issues. And there you go. Beautiful, beautiful picture. Stunning and brave and so beautiful. And he's going for Miss... Uh, I don't know what Miss competition he's going for. Maybe Miss Lunacy. And I think on that, before I say anything else bad, I wish our viewers a wonderful rest of your evening. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday evening, your Sunday, and Monday. Tune in uh, 
David and I are on competing times, but you can watch one live and watch the other pre-record or vice versa, yeah. uh, but certainly make use of uh, what we put out. And thank you for listening. Anyone listening to Podbean and the podcasting apps, if you listen on the go, thank you for tuning in. Uh, as you listen to this, I hope you're enjoying making your commute to work or whatever you're doing. As you listen, great to have you with us and thank you for your support. And on that, as we've just hit the one hour mark, I think it's time to go. So thank you all for listening, for watching and good night to you. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list. Donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.